you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. Hallelujah. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. Sila. Do you know what means Sila? Slow down. Stop. Give a pause. <laughs> Slow down. Slow down. Because the Lord is speaking. This means Sila, literally. It's a Hebrew word. Now it's time for you to reflect in what we, we, re we are reading here. In on the verse 2, David says, when my heart is overwhelmed, when my heart is overwhelmed, not if, but when. And I, I know sometimes our heart is overwhelmed. All of us face storms that come into our soul. How is your soul? I know some of you have greater and more developed and spiritual resources and they can withstand greater hits and they can get through difficult circumstances with more easy than others. This is what I have seen. Some people, they go through the problem, but they have... They are, more, they are stronger. They can face this problem easier than others. But the truth is that every one of us will face circumstances that are bigger than we are. Right? Every one of us. Every one of us will face circumstances that we cannot handle with our own strength. Have you noticed that? Sometimes you are going through some circumstances that you have no the control. You have nothing to do. Have you noticed that? Sometimes that happens with me. We cannot solve with our own energy or things that are far too difficult or far too big for us to deal with. Let's look what Paul the Apostle said. 2 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9. He spoke about that. Let's read all together. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, speaking to you, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. What he said? We were crushed and overwhelmed. Beyond our ability to endure. And we thought that we would never live through it. Hmm. My own faith said that. In fact, we expected what? To die. But, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves. Hallelujah. And... We learn to rely only on God who raised the dead. Hallelujah. 
Here Paul the apostle said, look, we didn't know what to do. When we were in Asia, it was something so strong that came against us that we lose hope. We didn't know even if we, we would survive in that circumstances. And our hope was lost. But when he was in that circumstances, what he, he did say? He said, he learned a marvelous lesson. He learned a marvelous lesson that God wants us all to learn. Look to the person next to you and say, God wants you to learn this lesson right now. Because you are in the middle of this problem, you need to learn this lesson. <laughs> Paul said, I learned one lesson. That our trust should be in him alone. Not in the government, not in people, not in your strength, not in ourselves. Your trust should be only in him. And many people go through some circumstances, but they never learn. Why? Because when you look to them, the way they are acting, how they are speaking, you are going to see they are not trusting the Lord. They are always expecting on man. They are expecting on people. They are expecting on the government. They are expecting on these things and not only in God. This is the first lesson. And when we feel crushed and overwhelmed, when we don't have the resource to deal with the things, we have to only trust in him. Here in the Psalm 61, we found three illustrations or illustrations or figures which God uses to speak of his help and his protection. Do you remember what illustration is it that he said? First, there is a shelter. First, there is a shelter. Second, a strong tower. And third, a tabernacle. Let's repeat. First, shelter. Second, strong tower. And third, a tabernacle. We saw in this verse that we, we read a shelter, a strong tower, and a tabernacle. And all, of, all emblems of God's help in our distress and his means to protect us and to sustain us. And the first one, shelter. The shelter shields us from what? The shelter. From the rain, from the storms, from the flood, from accidents, and from calamities of life. These all come because we are living in a fallen world. Okay? You and me, we are not living in heaven. We are living in a fallen world. And nothing in this world works like God originally intended. Did you know? Nothing is working 
as God intended to be. No. One day, the Bible says, there he's going to make a new heavens and new earth where righteousness dwells. One day, when you get on eternity, and you'll be before him, and, and, and we're going to worship him, and, and, the king, and he'll be the king of kings and lord of lords, and we are going to be before him. And everything will be perfect, and everything will be made right. But not now. <laughs> Don't expect that your life here because you serve Jesus, because you are born again, that everything is going to get well and nice and smooth. Don't expect that. Okay? What do you can you expect? Mi trouble and miracles. Both. You can expect troubles. But in the middle of troubles, you, are going, you, you can expect miracles. I remember, I think you remember, once Peter was put in prison, he was in big trouble there. And what the, the church was doing when he was in prison? They were praying. And what happened? One angel was sent by God to the prison and said, Peter, wake up. Time to get out of here. And then he woke up. And then he, he, he thought that he was dreaming. <laughs> and then the door were opened. The Bible says the door of the prison were opened automatically. Like one heavenly control remote. Boom. All the soldiers became blind. They didn't see them going. Can you imagine? He was in trouble. But the Lord was working. Sometimes you go to the fire, but it, the Lord will be with you in the fire. You are going to go through troubles, but you are going to experience the miracles of God. Can you say amen? amen. Life is not going to be nice. One day, yes. But in the, meanwhile, in the meantime, we are living in a falling world. Some calamities and unfair things will happen. Maybe you have experienced the loss of a loved one. And you feel overwhelmed. And you don't know how to cope with it. It was a few months ago. And we lost a very dear sister in our church. Also, years a year ago, my dear brother, he lost his daughter. Yesterday, I received a news. A Brazilian missionary that was sent to Kenya. And he was there for 15 years as a pastor and missionary. Yesterday, he was murdered and killed. Yeah. Was murdered. And his wife and his children are there. Then, there were unexpected losses, very overwhelming. Maybe you lost some dear ones or close friend or relatives, and things happen. Did you remember? Peter was put in prison, 
And one angel went there and took him out. But also, Stephen, what, what happened with Stephen? He was stoned. What happened with James, who was put in prison? Yeah, he was killed. This is happening every day. <laughs> but when you have eternity in mind, <laughs> now Francisco was murdered this week. But now he's more than alive. Did you remember what, what this verse said that we were reading? That, he, he, that Paul the Apostle said in 2 Corinthians, in fact, we expect, in fact, we expect to die. But we learn to rely only God who raised the dead. <laughs> If you, if you are born again Christian, you are, nev you are never going to die. Amen? You never will die. Never, ever. You have the eternal life. <laughs> I used to say that believers don't, don't die. Believers are promoted. You receive promotion. <laughs> you, you go from this falling world to something better. And, uh, and, 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 and bad things will happen. And this unexpected thing will come to you. And also, we can suffer assaults, which is what the strong tower can keep us from. The strong tower can keep us from assaults. Because David said, God, you are a strong tower in the face of my enemies. I'm going to read again. David said, God, you are a strong tower in the face of my enemies. We do have enemy. Okay? We do have one enemy. Do you realize that we are in a spiritual conflict? Did you know? Because you don't see. Don't think you are not. We are in a, we are in a world, natural world, but also around us. Maybe if you don't know, there are angels from God and angels from Satan. Wherever you go, they are watching you. And we are in a battle. If you, are, if you are a Bible reader, you know about that. And Ephesians 6, 11, 12 says, Put on all the ar God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against what? All strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. You cannot see. Against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly place. Also, 1 Peter 5.8 says, 
talking to you. Be sober and be vigilant. Because what? Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I am not the one to blame everything on the devil. <laughs> because many people, they are blaming everything. Oh, it's uh, the devil. Some people, they are not doing the things right, and they are blaming the devil. Some think they are lazy, and, I, and they are blaming the devil. Some, th some things are happening in your life, and you are blaming the devil. No, it's because of uh, your lack of of obedience to the word of God. But the Bible is clear that we have, we do have one adversary. Amen? That is real. And he's working on the planet Earth. He's working. Some of your trouble, of your trouble, are the direct results of his activities. When you are there, Maybe on your phone, looking to things that you should not look at. He's there, like saying, I caught you. When you, uh, when you get so distressed and start shouting, saying bad words, then he look at you and say, <laughs> yes, keep you doing that. Keep you doing I catch you. When you have this bad temper that always like nervous, then you are his guiding and touching your life. Did you know this enemy? He hates you. He hates you. He is against the church. He hates this church. He is against God's people. The spiritual realm is real, okay? And you do have one enemy. Be sober and vigilant. If you read the scripture, we find Satan was behind weaknesses in certain cases. You are going to see that reading the scripture. Also, we find him behind tragedies. The Bible says he was behind tragedies. He was, he was behind persecution. He, and we find him behind oppression. And he has not changed. He's the same. Our Lord Jesus said about him, the enemy comes for three things. To steal to kill, and to destroy. He hates you. He wants to destroy your life, your marriage, your children. He hates you. And he's doing everything to destroy your faith. Many people, they are not here today because Satan managed their life and said, you don't need to go to church. Because Satan knows when people come to church, what they are learning here. <laughs> about, 
But many people, they are at home, maybe going to some barbecue now, enjoying life, <laughs> and their life going to destruction. Then I challenge you, never stay home, even when you are sick. Many times I came to church sick, and I got healed here. And many people have come here sick, and they went back home healed. Two weeks ago, Samuel, Samuel came to me. Samuel, where are you? Where is Samuel? Yeah? Samuel said he was with some pain. He was, it was bothering him. And uh, then he came here and said, Pastor, please, I, am, I have a strong pain here. It was in your neck. Is it? Where? Onde que era a dor? Stomach. In his stomach. And just I, I put my hands, prayed, and he was healed instantly. And then, but maybe if you say, okay, I I'm going to stay home. Never say that. If this is what the enemy wants for you. Because he doesn't want you to receive the word of God. Because when you receive the word of God, we're going to the word of God produce faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? The word of God. Your faith today is going to grow. Why? You are listening to the word of God. Please listen to the word of God. Never stay home. The Bible says for us not to forsake the assembly of the saints. And many people, they are not coming. And this is what the enemy is doing. Say, yes, you, you made well. And he's applauding you. And the third one is about the tabernacle. And, and, and there is a crossroad of life, sometimes that we are, that you wonder which way to go. When you are faith, faced with an intersection, you may not know which way to go. Have you gone to this circumstance? <laughs> the cr like, when you, you do not know what to do. It's the, the crossroad of life. Like, is it, what to do? Where, where do I go? I do not know. There are some circumstances. We do not know what to do. This is, this is real. And we, and we are faced with that, like, you downed it. Perhaps even you overwhelmed. When considering which choice to make. And this is the reference to the tabernacle. When you do not know where to go, you have to go to the tabernacle. Did you get what I said? When you do not, no, not know what to do, what you have to do? Speak to the person and you go to the tabernacle. <laughs> this is three things that David spoke. <laughs> and that man, I love him. Verse 6 to 1, he said... I will abide in your tabernacle. In the scripture, when you read the Bible, in the scripture, the tabernacle is called the tabernacle of meeting. Because it's a place you go to meet with God. It's a place. What is a place of the tabernacle? For you to go and to meet God. It's a place that you go 
to hear from God, to receive guidance and strength and comfort from him. When you are in this crossroad, what should you do? Go to the tabernacle. <laughs> because you are going to listen from him. Because the tabernacle was a place where God used to dwell. And then we are going to meet the Lord there. It was a place where God's presence was manifested under the Old Testament. Now I want you to think about a person. Someone that... Uh, who just found about that their spouse has been cheating on them. Can you imagine? Maybe you discovered that your spousing, spouse is cheating on you. And you are married for 15, 20 years. Then, this person is at a crossroad. And now, what to do? Because the, the, her heart is broken, or, or his heart is broken. Then say, what am I going to do? If I get divorced, what happens to the kids? Or what, what are going to happen? What about my future? How am I going to make a living? Should I forgive him? It's so hard, isn't it? That's a crossroad and a terrible place to be. And sometimes some people, they receive some bad medical reports. And you get the report, say, what to do now? When you are facing this Circumstance, and, and then you get overwhelmed. Like David said. And some, cro some crossroads were about health matters, family problems, or they just don't know what to do next. What to do? Those, who not, those are not easy situations to be in. And sometimes we are standing at this crossroad of life that can be absolutely overwhelming. <laughs> Paul the Apostle said <laughs> he was about to die, but he learned something. But thank God we have a tabernacle. Amen? Say to the person next to you, you have a tabernacle. And we can meet God in. We can meet with God in. And the good news is God has a cure for everyone. He can shelter us during our times of calamities. Can you say amen? He is a strong tower when faced with the enemy. And thank God that he has a tabernacle where we can meet him and receive guidance and comfort and strength in our times of need. Hallelujah. 
In fact, you don't have to go too far to find his tabernacle. <laughs> if you are born again, are you born again? You are it. <laughs> Did you get what I say? You have to go to his tabernacle. But let's read 1 Corinthians 3.16. Let's read out together, please. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that he, the Spirit of God dwells in you? Hallelujah. You are so near to the tabernacle because you are the temple. And you, the only thing you needed to do, what? Go to your room, close the door, and go before his presence. And then you are going to pray, you are going to call to him, you cry out to him, and he's going to listen to you. <laughs> now let's go back to Psalm 61, verse 1, because there, there are some illustrations of the shelter, the strong tower, and the tabernacle. I'm going to read again verse 1 and 2. Let's read all together. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Say with me. Lead, it to, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And this is why I'm teaching you. You have to go a higher place. You have to go to a higher place. When I feel overwhelmed, isolated, broken, alone, forsaken, I will cry out and I will pray. This is what David said. When you are overwhelmed, what are you doing? Are you crying to your mommy? Are you crying to your daddy? Are you crying to your boss? Are you crying to your friend? When my heart is overwhelmed, it leads me to a strong rock that is higher than I. When we go to a higher place, a place that I can see further, and, and we need to go to a place where we can see better. David said, lead me to a rock that I are higher than I am. Month ago, I myself, Fabiana and myself, we went to a beautiful place called Stairway to Heaven. Have you been there? Huh? Who have been there? One, two, three, just few people. Okay, I have been there two or three times, just for a walk. It's a nice place. It's in Fermat. It's near here, but it's Northern Ireland, Fermat. 
It's a mountain that gives us one amazing view of everything around because it takes you to a higher place. When you go to a higher place, you have one beautiful view and you can see many things that you cannot see when you are down. Like here, I cannot see clear. But because I am in a higher place than you, I can see all of you very clear. I can see your face. And David said, David said, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I am. It is a prayer for a new level of understanding and a new revelation regarding the purpose of God and the nature of the situation. This is a prayer that you are saying, God, lead me to a, a higher place because I need revelation. And when you are in trouble, if you are just looking to your trouble, your problem, you are not going to see God's moving. And what do you need to do? Go to a higher place. And there, the Lord will speak to you, and you're going to have a new perspective. Ah! Paul the apostle, he was overwhelmed. And then, the Bible says, he learned something from God. When you are overwhelmed, the Lord wants to talk to you, to change something in your life. But what you need to do? Go to a higher place. Say the pastor, you need to go to a higher place. And now, I'm going to give you the revelation of this preaching. Now we are, we are going to put together what we read about this rock. David said, Lord, put me in a higher place, in a rock that is higher than I am. Let's see what Matthew 16 said. Put together these two verses. 16, 13 to 18. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that, that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say you are John the Baptist. Some say that you are Elijah. And others say that you are Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who you say that I am? Who you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, and also I say to you that you are Peter, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. On this rock I will build my church, and gates of hell shall not prevail against it. On this rock, it's the rock of revelation that Jesus is the Son of God. 
And Jesus is the son of God. He is not just a good man who died. He was, he is, and forever shall be the living son of God. He is Jesus Christ. And Peter had one revelation of Jesus. That most of them didn't. You need to have a revelation of Jesus. Where? In that place. That is the rock that God builds his church upon. <laughs> Any person that does not have that revelation, they are not part of this great body of Christ. What did I say? Any person that doesn't have this revelation, sorry, they are not part. Maybe some people, they can attend, they may even attend a church. But they, it doesn't make them a Christian. Because you are attending a church doesn't mean that you have revelation or even that you are saved. Sorry. As in the same way that you, if, you, if you may be sitting in a garage, can you make you a car? Because you are sitting in the, in the garage, can you say that you are a car? No. In the same way that if you were sitting in a garage, don't make you a car. If you were sitting in a church, don't make you a true Christian. You need to be born again. You need to have a revelation of Jesus Christ, that he's the son of God. He can forgive your sins. And when that happens, your life is transformed. And you never will be the same again. You're never going to go back to your sins again. You are going to be a true Christian. What happens when you have a revelation of Jesus? You, con you are connected with his church. And you become a faithful member of the body of Christ. Through a cell group and in a meeting. This is what happens. Because you, you become the church. You become the church. Then you are always together with the church. You are part in the cell meeting. You are part in the prayers. You are part in the, in the Bible studies. You are part of the church. Because you become the church. Because you are the temple. <laughs> this is not the church. We are the church. And we are the temple. Can you say amen? amen. On this rock of revelation. I will build my church. When, you, when your heart is overwhelmed, you need to see something. Okay? You need a fresh perspective, a new insight, a revelation of the Father. Years ago, I was overwhelmed. I was in a crisis. And I didn't know what to do. So God took me uh, in a higher place. As you, sometimes I don't know what to do. Don't think that every day I know what to do, how to do. Don't think, no. Sometimes I'm so lost. I don't know what to do. I, I become overwhelmed. 
But I know where should I go? To that place that are higher than me. When you go to a place that is higher than you, what you have? New perspective. <laughs> you can see, wow! There are one way there, another way there, another way there. I know where to go now. And uh, then God took me to this higher place. Just by I, I, I went to be with the Lord in the tabernacle. And uh, there I saw something. God gave him a vision. I heard from the Lord. God spoke to me something that changed my life. And for that reason, I am here today preaching. Because of that word that God gave me in that day, I am here today. Or let me tell me what I learned in this process. When I was overwhelmed, God spoke to me what I learned about my ministry. I'm going to share with you. I learned that God is not in a, in a hurry. He's working things according to the counsel of his own will. <laughs> it's not according to your will. Or God works for a long-term perspective. Okay? God works for a long-term perspective. But you and I, we want result immediately. <laughs> you want to see your problem solved yesterday. Isn't it? I am waiting for yesterday. Yeah. I am the same. Sometimes I am, oh, Lord, you will do. No, 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 no. Why? God spoke to me about my calling. And I thought, when God spoke to me, I thought, next week I'm going abroad. And God, you bring me to a new country and it's going to bring me to... To, to, for me to do the ministry and to work as a missionary. I thought, next week! But did you know that it took 20 years? <laughs> 20 years of my life. God spoke when I, I was 20 years old, and when I moved to Ireland, I was 40. 20 years took. And, but, I was in peace. Because I received a word from the Lord, I was not, said, Lord, you have your time and you work according to your will, not my will. Your will be done, not my will. And, uh, and this is what should we, is, this is what I learned, that God is working in, in my life and your life. If God has brought me to Ireland in that time when I was 20 years old, I mean, nothing of this was here. I know. Do you know why? Because I was very mature. I learned how to, to be submitted to God, to, uh, to walk under guidance of people. I learned how to, many things in my life, I learned until I was sent. I think you remember, God spoke to Abraham, and uh, then... After 25 years, the result came. God spoke to Moses. You are going to set my people free. And then many years later, when God said, Moses, go. He said, no, I don't want you to go. I'm old. 
Too late. Sorry. The Lord said, now you learn many things. Now you can go. Now you are prepared. God is working your life, okay? Do you feel that God wants to use you? Do you, do you feel that God wants to use you? Yeah. yeah? God wants to bless and use you. But you first. But first he has to work in your life. His work in your heart and in your character until you learn some principles of humility and authority. Also, God wants to work on a much bigger scale on our acts of obedience. No matter how small they are, God wants to teach you how to be obedient. Doesn't matter if it's big things or small things. God wants to, you to learn to be faithful in small things, to be obedient in small things. Why? Because he wants to bless many people and multitudes through your life. Amen. Then God took me to a higher rock and it changed my life. And I have not been the same. From that day, I changed. And the way I view life and the ministry, and this affected my faith and changed my behavior. And I have a question. How do you get to that rock? How do you get to that rock? David cried out for it. Amen? You have to cry out. Don't think that your pastor is going to come to you and get you and put you on the, that rock and say, be there. No, I'm not going to put you there. You need to go. Look to the person next to you and say, you have to go. You have to cry out to God. Why? What David did? Lord, I cry out to you. He went to pray. And some people, they are lazy, expecting the miracle fall down from heaven. No. Go to cry out. Go to prayer. Go to intercession before the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. And what more he said? He said, Lord, I cry out to you. And what more he asked to the Lord? Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I am. Lead me to the rock that is higher. And he will lead you if you go to his presence. He will lead you to a place where you can hear what you need to hear. Some people say God doesn't speak. Of course he speaks. <laughs> but you need to go to his presence. Mm -hmm. When you are feeling overwhelmed, God is a shelter. A tower and a tabernacle. But what you have to do? To go to the shelter, to go to the tower, and to go to the tabernacle. And the fact that that's what you need, because you need to see something, to list something, and you, you must to do something. I'm going to repeat. You must see something, because when you are in a higher place, you are going to see something. First, you need to see something. You need to listen something. God will speak to you and give you direction. And not just that. You must do 
something. And to finish, let's read Luke chapter 6, verse 46 and 47 and 8. That says, but why? Let's read all together, please. That's why do you call me Lord, the Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my saying and, and does then, I will show you whom he is like. Look, attention, revelation. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation where? On the rock. <laughs> Obedience brings you to the rock. And when the flood arose, arose and the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded where? On the rock, on the mountain. But he who heard and did not, and did nothing. It's like a man who built a house, a house on the earth without foundation. Oh, when you don't do anything. Against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Beloved brothers, protections against the forces that would destroy us are direct result of our obedience. Did you get what I say? What I said? Protection against the forces that would destroy us are direct results of our obedience. When I am overwhelmed, when the flood, the wa waters are coming, into my soul, I feel that I needed to see, to listen, and I must take action. You must to see, you must to do something, and you must to heard, to listen. Let's stand up, please. When, when you walk in obedience, the Lord will bring you to a higher places. Higher place is a place of obedience. Higher place is a place of revelation. When the word of God is revealed to us, and you are going to have the direction for your life. And maybe you are overwhelmed. You don't know, you don't know what to do. If you are overwhelmed, God can, can help you. Amen? And he will help you. But may, maybe what you are facing, it's because of disobedience. What should you do? To repent. You should go to him and say, Lord, I am in disobedience. I am here to repent. And, we, and you have to go before him and say, Lord, I repent from this sin. And I want to come start obeying again. And God will lead you to this rock that is higher 
and you are going to have a great perspective and you are going to see clear. Close your eyes for us to pray. If you are over overwhelmed, God wants to help you because God does love you. He loves you. We all feel overwhelmed at times. We all face mountains that are too high. Seas that are too deep for us to swim across. But nothing ever takes God by surprise. He stirred up provision for you and for your life. Start praying right now. You have to cry out. You have to do what David did. You have to cry out. I cried out to the Lord. You have, you have to pray today. God lead me to the rock that are higher than I. You are troubled. Maybe your storms are so big. But you need to go to a higher position, higher place. Pray this prayer and say, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Pray the prayer, the semi-prayer that David prayed. Say to him, give me a fresh perspective, Lord. And he will do it for the glory of his name. Let's pray. Pray after me and say, Hear, hear our cry, Lord, and attend to my prayer. I will cry out to you. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I am. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will ab abide in your tabernacle. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. Forgive my sins, Father. Forgive my disobedience. In Jesus' name I pray. I am sorry for my sins. And I ask you for forgiveness. I ask you that you come into my heart and cleanse me in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I declare you are my Lord. I accept you as my Savior. Thank you for dying at that cross for saving me. Thank you for saving my soul. In Jesus' name I pray. Give me revelation. Give me revelation. I will go to the tabernacle. I will go to your presence. I'm going to listen your voice. And I'm going to obey you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you in Jesus' name.